ATL Diva, another episode of the Aftermath is on the air. How you feeling? I am feeling good and excited. Yeah, um, I would say so. We're talking to somebody who's running for president in 2024. This is pretty ambitious. So we're talking to Alan Alan Lee. All right. So he's running on a platform of he's neither side. He's not left. He's not right. He says he's right down the middle and he's looking to give the power back to the American citizens to make decisions. So I figure let's uh, talk to him and let him tell his story about why he wants to run for president. Let's see Say, what he's got. Uh, you know, thanks for you know making the time to come on the show and, and talk to us. We really appreciate the time. No problem. I appreciate you guys even more. Trust me. Absolutely. So, Alan, you know, this is so let's just just start in the obvious place with this then. So I did a little bit of homework on you and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you've never held any political office. So I guess the question is is simple. Why are you running for president and why should the American people have you on the radar? Well, before I get into that, I just want to address your younger audience first real quick, if I could, <clears throat> you know, because partly answers the question that you just asked me in part. You know, they're looking at me and they're saying, oh no, another old white guy. Well, let's, let's pick that apart. Old guys, if these two things are working optimally, which they are in my case, trust me, I got you covered. It's just a stupid number. That's number one, uh, white. I don't know who uh, came up with that adjective, if it was racist or just damn plain colorblind, I don't know which, but. You know, just like if I held up something like this color to, you know, somebody like you, same thing. So, older's out the window, fighter's out the window, guy. Last time I checked, yeah, they got me on that one. But as long as I'm up, I'd like to do a little commercial. Because people that don't have my link, it's hard to do that. So, you don't even need my name. Just type in Honest Real and Poor Guy, number four, and the word president. Click on Google Sites, takes you right to my site. So uh, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm going to answer that um, in three parts, if I could. Um, you know, I was never in politics my whole life, ever, like most people, because it's a bunch of BS and nothing ever gets done to help anybody. Everybody knows that. Um, <clears throat> But when I was a STEM guy, if you asked anybody that knew me from years ago, I said, Alan, in politics, are you kidding? He was like Mr. Spock his whole life. And they were right. Uh, but when Obama came in, it was so revolutionary. It caught my eye. So I started reading about it and listening to the news and stuff. And I noticed that, wait a minute, he's trying to fix something and he's trying to do this and this. And why the heck are they stopping him? Why are they not letting him do this? Then Trump came along, and you could pretty much say the same thing. So that one, the second one, pushed me over the edge. And it's not like I just decided I'm going to be president. Just it was a slow buildup. I just started writing things. I'm a good writer, and I started um, sending letters, old-fashioned letters that you actually have to mail, and even boxes made up to look like a kid, made it up to increase hopefully the probability that somebody would actually open up the doggone box and read it, which didn't work anyway. I sent emails. I, mean, I, I contacted every organization you could think of on the planet. We're talking to top dogs, congressional caucuses. The list goes on and on. It's unbelievable. I got ignored by everybody. And then I got the idea, well, let me make a website, which I never did that in my life before either. Let me start making videos and podcasts. And 
thousands of posts on social media, thousands of people like my stuff. I just kept building up more and more until I got the idea, well, let me just go ahead with this thing. So, and, uh, you know, again, being a, a STEM guy and being sort of like a Mr. Spock kind of guy my whole life until recently, I started using, deciding that, you know, as important as this is, the heart's more important. There's people dying out there, there's people suffering, and nobody's doing a doggone thing about it. So that's why I'm doing this. All right. To improve All right. the quality of life for the people who are out there and to save lives. What the heck is more important than that? Okay, so you have your, you know, your, your reason for, and I guess your, your push that pushed you, you know, started you into this. So, you know, when you start talk, talking about taking on a job as president, that comes with a lot of, a lot of pressure as well as responsibility. And one of mm -hmm. the, the big things in the current climate is an issue that's always existed in this country, which you kind of alluded to it, which is racism. Now, in case you haven't figured it out, you're on a, this is a black show. And we want to know, you know, as far as like, what can, what can you do as part of your, your administration? Um, what can you do as part of your administration? You can do things to help ease racial tension and make minorities feel like you have their best interest in mind and not just wanting to just get their vote. All right. Well, you know, you name uh, the topic. I've written posts about it, hundreds of them, like I said, thousands even. I've uh, quite a few about that too. A lot of them is on my website. Uh, one of the things I would do about that, and then I'm going to digress a little bit right after that question, if it's okay. Uh, you know, what the president says is matters. The words that come out of his mouth matter. Look what happened with Trump, with Corona and bleach. <laughs> I mean, you know, he said, yep. wash yourself with the stuff, inject yourself, drink it, whatever the heck. And some people were doing it and they're probably dead now. We're all screwed up. Yeah. You know, the emergency rooms are getting hit by people doing this stuff all over the country. So, um, I, you know, I've written so many posts. I don't even know if I can remember the details on that one. But, um, of course, I would. It's coming back to me a little bit now. I haven't seen that one in a while. But I have a list. Actually, it's called reparations. I remember it now a little bit. About six, eight things are listed on there. One of them is what I just said, you know, saying the right things to people, showing people that you care. That, you know, everybody is, re is created equal. You dig down about a sixteenth of an inch on the head, guess what? We're all the same color. It's called red. Don't judge the book by the cover. You know, it's what's inside that counts, blah, blah, blah. But um, again, if things, if changes are made at the top, they cycle down to the lower levels faster than grassroots going up because the people at the top push them down. It doesn't work. It takes too long. I got to make changes at the top. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other things that I had said in that thing. Uh, I think some of them were, um, and I grouped actually uh, Native Americans in with African Americans because they were beat on even before around the same time and just as much in the same stupid ways. So in, in that uh, post, I said something like, um, well, let's make uh, easy tax burden on them and uh, make um, even a little bit of a refund. And I, I really can't remember the details, but it's all on my website, trust me. It, I, I got you guys covered more than anybody else ever would. Uh, I'm married to an African-American person, too. I have had kids with her. Um, I have uh, pretty strong ties. But uh, if I can digress just for a second, just we'll cover it a little bit too. 
I want to apologize to you guys right now because um, I may not be able to answer some of your questions. Not because of what I just said. There's three important reasons, and I'd like to talk about that right now real quick, if it's okay. Okay. Well, um, you know, everyone who's run has a platform. I don't. I have a core principle. It's one thing. Everything emanates from that. There's a heck of a lot that emanates from it, but it's one thing. What it is, it's we the people. It goes back to that again. It's never been implemented the way the founding fathers intended it to. I plan on doing that. I developed a system. It's called active participatory government, where the people out there, including you guys sitting right there, are going to decide your own fate. You're going to decide the laws. You're going to make the laws, not Congress, not me, not the president. And this requires no constitutional amendments. You couldn't get that through Congress now anyway. There's no changes in laws required. It can all be done run from the White House and with people like your help and social media and traditional media. And right now, you know, I'm not in a position to ask 100 million voters what they want to do about racism or immigration or education. So that's one reason. The second reason is, unlike Trump, I'm not going to operate in a vacuum. I'm going to have 10 zillion advisors and consultants in every category you can think of. Economists and climatologists and doctors and lawyers. You know, some people say Biden is going too much the other way. You're lying too much on Dr. Fauci, for example. Well, I wouldn't have one doctor. I'd have 10. But right now, I don't have those pool of people to pick from either. So I, I can't ask, pick their brains right now. And the last reason is, if I came out with my personal opinion to the left, well, then the righties aren't going to vote for me, are they? Same in the other direction. You know, I'm trying to do this to win. My personal opinion doesn't matter. Congress opinion doesn't matter, in my opinion. <laughs> if I get up there, their opinion won't matter. Your opinion will matter. I will implement your opinion. The people that don't abide by it, they're out of here, including me. Impeach me. I have no problem with that. I'll resign if I don't do what the people tell me to do. Yeah, we're supposed to be representing you. All these guys are supposed to be doing what you tell us to do, not the other way. Yeah, got you. If that All makes right. sense. <laughs> no, no, I got you. I appreciate the explanation. So. Um, we're talking to Alan Lee. So Alan is running for president in 2024, all right? So you can find him on Instagram at honest, at, at underscore, or I'm sorry, at honest.real.poor.guy for president on Instagram. He's on Twitter at Alan Lee1701. We're going to have his website in the YouTube and the podcast description. ATL Diva, do you have something for honest, real, poor guy for president, Alan Lee? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I do appreciate you being here with us tonight. Um, you did touch on the fact that you have never run for political office before. It's going to be a very uh, cutthroat environment. So have you at this point made some connections or been networking with people who are already in those uh, political positions at various levels that will help you accomplish and or navigate um, this new arena that you have not been in before? I have tried. I, you know, I tried to run four years ago against Trump. And I was never registered anything. I was independent my whole life. But when Trump was in, he's a Republican. So trying to get the Democratic backing, I, I, I registered as a Democrat. Um, <clears throat> anyway, after I couldn't get enough people's attention, uh, you know, stop doing it completely until now when Biden's in. So now I'm up against the two big guys. Trump's going to run again. I've been saying that for a long time. It's obvious. 
But um, that's been my problem from day one. I can't make a connection with anybody of influence that matters. I just get ignored. It's almost like, I know it's not true, but almost some people would say in my position, they would say, well, they know that I could help. That's why they don't want me. I'm not saying that, but it almost seems that way. Like they, they know I could solve the problems and that's why I'm not in there. I, but I'm not saying that myself. I don't believe that. Um, you know, I've, I've contacted all, every news organization you could think of, NPR and the local one around here, and the LA Times. It's unbelievable and 100% north. There was only one time the local news around here. I called up, I sent them emails, no answers to the emails. I called them up a few times. First time I answered what I told them what I'm trying to do, she hesitated. Uh, well, somebody will get back to you. And of course, they never did. So <laughs> that's the closest they ever got to getting, getting, getting any real help. Uh, you know, anytime I hear a story on the news about somebody who knows a lot of, he's an expert about whatever topic. I think that would actually could help people. I write to them. I do some research. I find the email. I write to them. And guess what? <clears throat> Zero as usual. It's incredible. Nobody's tried harder than me. Trust me. Knowing nothing about it. I've learned all this on my own. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm spinning a lot of wheels. I'm learning a lot of stuff. But as far as progress, I'm still in the sub-basement. So do you, do you have any plan of attack since that? you know, the election is going to be coming up soon, what would you do differently that you think will get you the attention that you need? So what, is it going to be social media platforms or what do you think it's going to take for people um, in these influential positions to take you seriously when it's time for your name to go on the ballot? Well, if I could just get in front of a bunch of people and actually talk, and I'm not really that much of a talker. I was a talker my whole life. I'm not a blabbermouth kind of guy. I'm really not. I don't even know what would happen if I was in front of, a, you know, real people in front of me, unlike, you know, virtual stuff. I, I don't know. I never did public speaking. But uh, the main difference that I'm doing now compared to four years ago is what you and I are doing right now. I've been doing video podcasts and trying to spread the word that way. And, um, you know, getting back to the original posts on regular um, social media, um, I paid for Facebook because the first time I got a few hundred dollars in contributions, I got some people that believe in me, some of my customers from the side business I have who know me. It didn't help much. But um, on posts I made my own, like on Twitter, typically I got hundreds of people views, on occasion thousands of views, and a couple of times tens of thousands of views without paying for a doggone thing. People like what I say. And, you know, when I got banned from Facebook a couple of times um, because their algorithm thinks I'm an algorithm because I post so doggone much, so they banned me, I tried um, the other side, you know, because Facebook is generally left, you would think. So I tried the other side, web, you know, platforms I never even heard of on the right side, the conservative side, like Gab and, and MeWe and Parler, which also got banned. I joined them. I put in my usual post and made a minor modification in the front about Trump. Then I said my usual stuff. Guess what? They like me too. Just as much. It's incredible. It's a universal appeal to both sides. But I just can't get the word out there enough. But now I'm doing these video podcasts, hoping that'll help too. You know, when you guys are done, if you can send me the link after you're done with the editing, and I'll try spreading that around too. So. Maybe it'll make a difference. Maybe. I, I doubt it, but I'm still willing to try. Well, if you're going for president, you're going to 
No doubt they're going to be there. 16. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so, Ellen, you had um, alluded to it a little bit, um, talking about, um, you know, as far as like Trump, what you were mentioning about the, the pandemic, and that's something that we're still dealing with. So um, what do you feel is the biggest area of opportunity that you see with the government when it comes to the pandemic? And do you have any um, solutions you feel could get everyone on the same page to finally get rid of this, this issue? Well, you know, <clears throat> going way back towards the beginning, because it's funny, because I've also noticed not being in politics. I've noticed quite a few times, let's say there's some problem comes up before Corona even, but it's a pretty big problem. I think about it a little bit. I think of an answer. Maybe you can make some posts about it. And then maybe a week later, I see some expert in the field came up with the same answer. Nancy Pelosi or Schumer or whoever the heck it was, or somebody else, an expert, the same thing. Um, but as far as Corona goes, I said at the very beginning, I made posts about this, that this is back when Trump was president. I said, I know he's not going to do it, but the right thing to do is declare martial law. It's the only way to get people to get their arm jabbed. And as far as this right stuff goes, you know, personal individual rights. I'm a constitution person again, like I told you, nobody's more, more for individual rights than me. But my rights, your rights, everybody's rights ends when it affects the rights of somebody else, especially if it could doggone kill them. Your rights mean nothing if you might kill somebody else. Go get your stupid shot or go to jail and get corona because now you're in an enclosed place. You're going to get it anyway now. I mean, use a little brain power here, you know. That's what I would have done from the beginning. It's work. It's happening now anyway. It's slow with the mandates. It's happening, but, you know, governors push back. And if it was required by law, bring in the National Guard, people are dying anyway. You don't get your shot, you go to jail. Maybe one warning, $1,000 fine. Second time, you're in jail. That puts them out of commission with transmitting the thing also. Well, there's, let me ask There's you, other ways too, but that's one thing I would have done. Sorry. Well, let me ask you a question about that because currently the jail systems are overflowing that's and sure. citizens are already being overtaxed on inflation and everything else so being that the jab is not as simple for some people with medical conditions where yeah. it's something that's likelihood but to just flat out declare martial law against everyone who just doesn't go get something how would that be a democracy to be that black and white well there are always exceptions to every rule of course people that are immunocompromised have some kind of problem if they can't get the shot at all okay and please keep your mask on. That'll still help. It's almost as good. Yeah. There's exceptions to every rule. I'm not a, uh, you know, black and white kind of guy. There's always shades of gray with everything. But if you're talking about life or death, you have to get a little Jordan line somewhere where people can continue to die. So what do you think about a lot of people who are in um, medical... Um, police officers and a lot of people who are in these environments who are now quitting their jobs because of the mandates when we already have a shortage, what do you think a possible resolution would be for that? Are you familiar with that that's going on right now? We already have a shortage and now these people are getting fired where we, last year they were heroes 
for standing on yeah. different lines through this before we had the vaccine and now they're being persecuted. Yeah. So what would you say to those people um, who've come face to face with this and are exercising their actual rights to yeah. make a decision? Um, what would you say to those people? Because now we're going to have even a higher shortage mm-hmm. um, in those arenas where it is life and death and we yeah. chose to fire those people. Yeah, well, there's a couple things about that. It's, it's already happening, actually. You know, when it comes down to the wire of this, or yeah. your, your job, the vast majority of the people that were big fat blab about say, shut up, and they're getting the shot. Most of them are getting the shot that said they were going to quit. The vast majority is a very small number of police officers and, and again, health workers, percentage-wise I'm talking about, that are quitting, a very small number. And one of the solutions that I saw is that they're bringing in, you know, doctors and nurses, either graduate school, they're almost doctors anyway, they need some training anyway. We're just talking about getting jabbed, we're not talking about a heart surgery. And also people from other countries, they're bringing them in. I think New York State was talking about that too. So. I think it's a relatively minor problem. It's still a pain in the neck, still has to be addressed. But again, the percentage of people that are actually quitting, they're willing to lose their paycheck, is small. Everybody needs their paycheck. What are you going to do? <laughs> it is a way to squeeze them. Yeah, there's other ways too, but those things are happening already. They're getting squeezed and they're saying, all right, I'm going to lose my job. They take it down to the wire, but they're still saying, okay, here's my arm. I need my paycheck. It's stupid that they had to get pushed that far, but whatever, as long as it works. You got to keep the lights on. Like, that's that's a prerequisite. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The percentage is very small, the ones that quit. And I bet you half of them are going to be sorry in a month or two. Too late. Well, we've had 4.3 million people quit since August, just jobs all across the board. But we'll talk about that on another show because I find that very interesting. But yeah. I wonder what's driving that in itself. But... Um, Another show. Yeah. The 16, yeah. do you have another question? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, reiterate real quick that we are talking to Alan Lee, who is running for president in 2024. All right, check him out on Instagram at honest.real.poor, guy for president. And he's on Twitter at Alan Lee 1701 And like I said, again, we're going to have um, all his information including this website and the podcast and YouTube description. So I do have a couple more here for you. And Alan, we got to lighten this up. We, we'll show, yeah, we talk about the issues, but we do a lot of fun things around here too. So we are going to lighten this up a little bit too. I know about your sense of humor just from our communications and everything about how you get down and everything. Um, yeah, I'm ready. So I, all right. So I wanted to ask you this part. So you're, you're not at all a career politician. So is there something that career politicians do when you look at it and you say, you know what, I'm never doing it like that. Is it something in particular? <laughs> How about lying for one? <laughs> you know, there was a, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to say his name, but going back a few years, there was a, a congressman who, he read a report somewhere, some lady in whatever state, I'm not even sure, but I think it was a waitress. She got a 50 cent per hour raise. And he made a big deal about, well, it's going to change her whole life and her family. And he got killed on Twitter. He had to retract the whole thing. So what I'm getting at is these guys are on cloud nine. They have no idea what the average person making 30 grand, roughly like me, goes through to put a fatty piece of bacon on the rickety table with leaks over your head. (laughs) They have no idea. And Trump doesn't either. 
you know, the reason why Trump got in, changing the subject slightly, sorry, is he was not a politician. He was the only game in town. So I'm going to talk to the people that voted for him right now, actually. You guys had the right idea. You just had the wrong guy. He was the only one in town. And he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Again, he has no idea what us go through to put food in it. I do. I work a full-time job. work a part-time job. I got a kid with special needs. I got a wife with health problems. I've been on unemployment. We almost lost our house. Just like everybody else. I know what's up. I know how to fix it. Uh, getting back on the lighter side again, um, you know, the politicians didn't lie. And, you know, one of, one of the posts I said, actually, one of my posts, one I like the best, it says there's only two reasons I would fire people if this actually ever happened and I got, got to sit in that White House. Uh, one, they didn't do their job helping the people out there. Because that's, that's, that's why they're here. That's why they were chosen. And two, if they lie. Because if they lie, we're not only talking lives at stake, people might actually die because they said a lie. We're talking hundreds of billions of dollars. Now we're talking the T word, trillions of dollars. Half of it down the drain because this idiot lied. Probably for political reasons himself. So uh, those are the two things that I hate the most. You know, not doing your job and and, and lying. I, I, you know, the, the press would be my best friend. Unlike what Trump said, my best friend. Because they're my contact to the people out there. I have press conferences. It's not going to be one where street me telling them what I'm going to do, which I would do. I'm also going to ask them, what's the word on the street? What are the people telling you out there? I need to know so I can fix it, including rural America, not just the doggone cities. They've been neglected way too long, those guys, the farmers out there in the middle of nowhere. I'm taking them. They're going to sit in the front row, the little newspapers, the little, little media that, that serves them. I want to hear from them first before Fox News and CNN. Got you. All right, that's a good explanation. Steve, I know I got one more question for Alan before we get into our question game. You, you have something else for him? Well, um, I had one question for you, my last question. Um, going into what I would call the lion's den, um, how do you as an independent plan to connect with Democrats and Republicans? Like, do you have a strategy? Because they already argue amongst themselves they argue inside of themselves, and mm -hmm. um, what's your strategy going to be um, in order to get support? Because like you mentioned before, it can be very difficult if they don't agree with you. Um, what would be your strategy for uniting uh, those groups? Because they're currently very divided. That's for sure, to say the least. It goes down to my core principle again. Letting the people know that they are going to decide the rules. They're going to tell us what to do, not the other way. And if they, you know, if most people want to do this on education, then that's what's going to happen. If I, now, you know, there's certain categories that you can't do that with, like national security, military stuff, leave that up to the experts. People can't, you know, decide what they're going to do about terrorism. Uh, but, you know, the more typical things that most people are interested in anyway, like education and health care, for example, they, they're going to tell us what they want to do. And if they know that I'm going to push to get this done, I think it'll be, most people believe me. They think I have an honest face, maybe have a little bit of charisma, I don't know. That was pushing it too much, that last one. Um, 
Uh, I think just letting people, because like, like I said, when I put my posts on both sides, left and right, they both like me. There was one guy I did, and I just reminded him, I did a podcast with him. Uh, fairly young white guy, staunch Trump supporter. After talking to me, he wants me in there instead of Trump. This was a conservative young white guy. What was the topic that converted him over? I don't think there was any one thing he didn't tell me. Just in general, everything I've been telling, like I've been telling you. I just want to know what he believes and we're trying to do what the people want. Uh, you know, you made me think of something a second ago. Or, <sighs> I lost it. What was it? Um, uh, it's gone. Maybe it'll come back. Let's keep going. Sorry. That's okay. You know, it's a lot of information being thrown back and forth. So um, one last thing here, like I said, before we lighten it up a little bit here, Alan. So if if there's anything that we missed uh, concerning, like, I don't know, upcoming events, social media, or anything else you want out there that you want people to know to get on the Alan Lee 2024 bandwagon, please let us know about it. Well, I really appreciate that. It's pretty much what I've been saying that, uh, you know, I have their back. Guys out there, I have your back covered more than anybody else. I was brought up the right way, just like you were. I don't give a damn about fame and fortune and money and bragging and stupid. That's beneath me, that stuff. It wouldn't even enter my head at all. More important things to worry about. You know, when I was up there, if I ever get to sit in that chair, um, my old pal, Captain Kirk, said once, I'm a Star Trek knock, the long and prosper, um, bang the table. Uh, he said in one of the movies something, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, um, when, yeah, he's talking about a different chair, of course, but the top chair he meant. He said, when you get to sit in that chair, you can make a difference. So I say the other way, you know, if you're sitting in that chair and you don't make a difference, you don't deserve the right to sit in that doggone chair, that big fat padded chair, making that big fat padded paycheck. I care nothing about that. I probably won't even be sitting in a chair half the time. I'll be out running around trying to get things done, talking to people. So, uh, you know, the Democrats and Republicans, guys listening to this, you know they've never done anything to help directly your life, to influence it at all. Things just keep going down. The rich keep zooming up like Musk rockets, the ones that don't blow up. He's getting better at it. Like I said, I'm a space nut. But um, the rest of the people, you know, while the rich is zooming, the rest of the people aren't zooming down, but it's incredibly steady down. Just in, no matter how hard you push up, you can't. This is just keep going down and down for, for decades. And it's going to keep happening. We need something different. Not a revolution like Bernie Sanders talked about. I told people he was never going to get it. And he's too far left. People are afraid of him. People are afraid of AOC for the same reason. There's people that want to hurt her. And probably Bernie, too. You have to work on both sides. And I'm willing to do what most people want. That's it. My personal opinion doesn't matter. Um, and Alice, he's, you know, hammering that one home where you're saying, like, what I, my personal opinion doesn't matter is about the people. So um, that's a good hill to die on if you're trying to the people under, you know, one agenda is to stand that the, the power is within the people to make the decision on that. So that's a good way of looking at it. Well, you know, uh, just three little stupid words, we the people were written like four times the size of the rest of the Constitution. 
And back then, you couldn't click on a font of, let's go to 50 Gothic instead of uh, two uh, times New Roman, you know what I mean? It was hard for those guys in those two, you know, making those big giant loops in that primitive ink. <laughs> you had to dip in 50 times on that parchment. But the point is, they did it for a reason, because even though it was hard, they knew it was the most important thing to people. It's never been done now. It's been messed up ever since then. These guys probably spinning around in the grave so fast we could turn them into a turbine, make some electricity, if they saw what was happening right now. It's ridiculous. It's never been done the right way. I'm going to make it happen the right way if I ever get to sit in that chair, which I probably won't, but I'm still willing to try. We're going to be definitely keeping our eye out for what goes on with that. And I know we hit you with some, I guess you could say some tough questions, but you came prepared to answer those. But what we have going on right now, what we do with um, all our guests is we try to open up, get them to show another side of their personality. So this is the fun part for me is because if I can explain it correctly, I'm going to keep this in. So if somebody's watching this and you're seeing this part, that means I explained it to Alan correctly. But if we jump right in again, that means I failed miserably. So what we're about to do is um, our little question game here is called Don't At Me. So if you're familiar with being on social media where you might make a statement or something like that, you tell somebody, don't at me, like, I asked you a couple of a few rapid fire questions like, uh, which do you prefer, Alan, Coke or Pepsi? If you like Pepsi, you just say, well, I like Pepsi. Don't at me. And you would just say that after every answer you give. That's like your way of saying, look, that's my answer. That's it. You can't change my mind. All right. All right. So let's start with the first one here. All right. So, Alan, you sit down. Um, you know, it's a hot day or whatever. You're thirsty and you're having a drink so you're having a coke or whatever it is your drink of choice is that in a bottle or in a can that's mm. how thirsty i am the bottle is usually bigger than the cans we're going to go with the bottle yeah if i'm really thirsty if i'm not then i go with the can All right, we got it Diva, what about you? So um, you, you're having a Coke, Pepsi, whatever it is that you prefer. I don't know what's in that cup you got going on there, who knows? But you drink a choice. Yes, yes, you. Okay, that's all good. Um, <laughs> She's got the good stuff. <laughs> so what's that gonna be? Is that in a bottle or in a can? Uh, probably a bottle. Yeah, it's gonna be a bottle. Don't a at me, don't bottle. at me anymore, it's the bottle. Don't at me, it's a glass all bottle. Right. Oh, okay, glass bottle, okay, all right. So um, let's see, for me, um, I'm gonna go with a bottle. And the reason why I'm going with a bottle on that is because if you pop the top on that can and you start drinking it and you don't finish it, you put that in the fridge, it's not gonna be in the same shape you left it in when you first did it. But with that bottle, close it a little bit tighter. The fizz is probably still in there. So that's the reason for choosing the bottle from my view. And I like Alan's reason too. That bottle's usually a little bit bigger also. All right, so Alan, here's the next one. Is it pronounced formidable? or formidable? I go with formidable, and don't at me about that too. There's too many syllables in that doggone thing. <laughs> All right, Diva, what about you? Is it pronounced formidable or formidable? It's formidable, don't at me, because if you say it the other way, everyone's just gonna look at you like, what, say it again? Yes. So. Yeah, um, that's the correct answer in my view that it's pronounced formidable. <laughs> uh, I had some people say formidable and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how you pronounce it, but you know, but yes, we're all in agreement on, on that one. It's formidable, a formidable opponent. That's what Alan's gonna be in this 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 race coming up in 2024. He's gonna be formidable. We're hoping, right? we're hoping. 
All right, here's the next one. Uh, hey, don't so ask me Alex. about that either. There you go. Don't add him on that one too. There you go. He got the hang of it. All right, so Alan, on the weekend, would you rather stay at home and do nothing, or go out and run errands? That's a tough one. If I say the truth, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, <clears throat> I guess go out and run errands. All right. Don't at me about that either, too. There's pros All and right. cons in both ways. All right. I almost feel like I know the answer from this one from you. <laughs> but for the sake Maybe of, so what, what is it? We can't stay at home, chill, do nothing? Or are you going out and into the world doing stuff, running errands? Man, listen. Me staying home is a fairy tale. So I am running errands. Don't at me. I am never sitting still very often. We're on the same wavelength here. It's a three-way street here. Hey, man. Well, this is where I get off that bus because for me, if I can stay at home and do nothing, which I never hardly get the chance, but if I can to just be at home and not even not even leave the premises, I'm not talking about, I don't want to, not in my backyard, just in the house, not doing anything. That is my ideal weekend. It doesn't always turn out like that, but that's the ideal one for me. Don't at me on that one. All right, we got two more here for you, Alan, here. Um, all right, so you're picking somebody up from the airport. All right, so if you're picking somebody up from the airport, do you park? Is she hot? Do you, <laughs> I won't tell you. <laughs> so do you park? I didn't say is he hot. Sir, you know. he, he's trying to get himself in trouble. <laughs> I'm for real. <laughs> do, you, do you circle the airport until they land? Or do you want them to call you when they land? Call me. I got better things to do, and don't at me about that at all. Unless they don't know about that. Especially the doggone airport. Yeah, I would say that. I don't. I don't know where you located, but where we are, we're in Atlanta, so I, I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. So you picking somebody up from the airport? You parking? You're gonna circle? Or until they land, or you want them to call you when they land? Okay, so this is a combo question because um, in Atlanta we have the uh, the cell phone lot. So I'm parking and I'm not driving around until you call me. So oh, that's the worst. Listen, okay, so our police here are very assertive at the airport ever since 9-11. Yes. So like you're not allowed to really sit. You can't and you can't for someone sit to over come there. out. You, so you gotta be it tells long you. enough for them to get in the car. So yes. it's kinda like you just keep the car running and then they chase the car down and throw their luggage in and then get in. That's just how it feels. But uh yeah, or else the police is like, what are you doing? You gotta keep moving. And so yeah, don't call me before you... No, call me after you got your luggage because I hate when they call and they land it, but they're like, don't even have the luggage yet. Like, no, go to, go get your luggage and be outside. Then you can call me and tell me to come around. Half the time is the wrong luggage anyway. Okay. That's why don't, yeah, don't call me. me. Don't, 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 don't call me and be ready. Don't <laughs> at me either, and don't call me before. <laughs> All right, so we know what to do with Diva on that one. For me, it is... Absolutely call me when you land. Um, you were just alluding to it. Trying to circle Hartsfield is a headache, it's a nightmare. Um, the police will harass you there if you're there waiting too long. Even if the person is walking up, you're like, hey, I'm picking them up. If you see them right there, they're like, yo, you gotta keep moving. But they right there. So no, 
that circling is out, parking is out at the prices that they are. So yes, you call me when you're at baggage claim off yeah. the terminal. Like, don't call me like when you, you're getting out there. There's a lot where it's free. The cell phone line is oh, free. No, just, I'm, I'm 20 minutes from the airport. Just call me. I can be there. I'll buy that. I don't like to, I don't like to wait. So oh, I just need to oh. be there. Well, that's why the games don't add me. So don't add me, don't add. So if I'm ever picking you up, people, <laughs> you just call me when you land. Because any other time, I'm just not going to, I'm not listening. Now I'm going right. to, I, I'll tell you what I'll do later. But I'm not calling when I land. We'll see on that. But all right, so now we, got the, we got the last one here for you. All right. So you are. Okay, so do you ask for ketchup or any other condiments in the drive-thru even when you don't need it? Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. Well, I don't need it for the sandwich I'm getting right now, but I need it for my kids' lunch. Ah, nice. Don't at me about that at all. My kids like a lot of ketchup. <laughs> uh, Dima, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm, I know the answer to you on this one as well. So drive-thru. <laughs> You don't need it. Do you ask for ketchup or any other condiments in the drive-thru when you don't need it? Go ahead and prove me right and give me the answer that I'm looking for from you. <laughs> Absolutely. Give give me give me everything that I should have for this $12 meal. Just it doesn't matter. Give it to me. Give me all of it. Don't at me. All right. So for me on this one, if if it's a, it's a situation where I don't need it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask for it. Um, don't add me on that one. So if I know I don't need sauce, I'm not going to just ask for it just for the sake of having it because then it ends up in that no man's land in your pantry or in your refrigerator where you don't use it. Alan said he could use it for his kid's lunch or whatever, but I just want my food to be right. That's my main thing. You can forget all the sauce you want. Just make sure my, my food is correct. Well, half the time it's not. We know that. Ooh, child. <laughs> that's a, now, that's a, that's a whole other show within itself right here. Yeah, but right. I tell you, I tell you what was right, and that, and that was playing "Don't at Me" with presidential candidate Alan Lee right here on the aftermath. We definitely appreciate him, you know, playing that around in our sandbox with that. So, um, Alan, I just want to say um, before um, we get you out of here that um, again we appreciate you taking the time to come hang and talk with us and everything. Be playful. Uh, again, so this is Alan Lee. He's running for president in 2024. He's looking for your vote. All right, check him out on Instagram at honest.real.poor.guy for president on Instagram. Twitter is at AllenLee1701. And again, I'm going to put it on the screen right here, but you can also check the podcast and YouTube description. I'm going to have all his information in there for you to check out. Give him a listen. Give him a follow. He's out here trying to make some changes in the world, doing it from the very top office is what he's aiming for, trying to make some waves. So, Alan, um, again, we appreciate the time. Uh, we appreciate your, your answers and taking the time. And you know, maybe we can speak to you again uh, in the future. We hope to um, check in on how your campaign's going. I really hope so. I really appreciate it. I, uh, you guys have been like the best. I, 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 you got me like speechless almost. I, you've been pushing and plugging me already and we didn't even get anywhere yet. So I really, really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. Like I said, we look forward to the opportunity to speak again in the future and uh, we wish you the best, um, you know, during your campaign and see what kind of waves you can make. I hope a tsunami or two, because that's what it needs to take these guys down. All right, thank you. And again, one more uh, quick commercial. If you guys don't have a link, just punch this, not into Facebook. You don't even need my name. Just honest, real, and poor guy, number four, four and we're president. 
click on Google Sites, takes you right to my site. You got the t-shirt. Uh, we, we appreciate it. You are now listening to the radio show. All right, ATL Deeper. So we just got done talking to Alan Lee, running for president in 2024. What are your impressions of, you know, after we talked to him? I am very curious um, how he's going to move forward and how he's going to make connections with his local uh, government and move his way up to see how he's going to be able to make friends across the aisle. So I think we'll definitely be following his campaign. Definitely, definitely. It feels like even though he's never been in politics, he might have a future in politics. So we're going to have all his information in the podcast description. You know, make sure give him a listen, give him a follow, you know, see if it's something that you might be interested in. Another thing that we hope is you're interested in is checking out the radio show. You can find us on any podcast provider, you name it, we're there, as well as YouTube for our videos. So please give us a like, subscribe, check us out. You a lot of you know crazy stuff other than just these aftermaths we talk about a lot you know we're here you know wave to the we camera and say we appreciate y'all listening make sure to check us out give alan lee a listen a follow however you want to do that and uh, we will catch you next time <laughs>